Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. There was this one hot homeless dude in his neighborhood that he never did anything with, but I guess him and some of his other gay friends were like, oh, did you see uh, Larry? Yeah, Larry's fucking hot. Yeah, I saw him digging out of my trash can the other day. It's like, would you, it's like, would you bang him? It's like, I, no, what? No, no. How you doing, Jimmy. buddy? Hello. You doing? I'm doing, doing okay, man. Just okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm on the upslope. How about that? Upslope? That's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, we're getting better all the time. Yeah, no, that's good. That should always be the goal. Always better. Always yeah. the time. Pro- progression. Progression is key. Yeah. Uh, I did something. I, I checked something off my bucket list today, and uh, it was something I never thought I would one have to check off my bucket Nipple list. Nipple piercing. Uh, if only if it it were that much of an adventure. Uh, it was it was something a little bit different, quite a bit more morbid actually. Oh no. Oh uh, yeah, it was it like I oh think it no. Took my, it took part of my soul. Uh, so. I got to the farm this morning out of my grandmother's, oh, no. uh, which is where the shop's at. Yeah. And but she's a, she's okay. So okay. just to, like, this is not this doesn't involve oh. any human human deaths. So we oh, thank right God. oh thank God. Oh thank God. Yeah. No, I don't want to set this up for being like oh well everybody in my family died in a car accident but we're on the upslope. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna let you talk. I'm gonna try not to make too much noise while you tell so. me the story. <laughs> I'm no, already I like, stressed I out. I like the input. I sincerely like the. I'm input. already stressed. I've been I've been telling people this story all day because it's had an impact on me. Do you have all your fingers? <laughs> I have all my fingers. Uh, all my body parts are attached. There is there is no mortal injury on my body. But I got to the shop right. Yep. And as I was driving up, I noticed that there was a trap set out and that something was inside of it. Now my grandmother typically tries to catch groundhogs on the property because groundhogs are a nuisance and they do a bunch of shit inside of the cage was a possum i've seen this a million times right like there's a bajillion possums get caught all the time possums gotta die exactly possums gotta die so uh i'm talking with my grandmother and uh, you know, somehow what she's going to end up doing with the possum ends up slipping between the cracks of the conversation, and I don't offer to dispose of it for her. So uh, I go into the shop, and I'm, like, cleaning up some things, just kind of setting up, getting ready to go, and I hear a little psh outside, you know, like small caliber rifle. Uh, so I peek out, and, of course, she has uh, shot this possum in the head with a 22 yep uh okay yeah standard fare that's yep. usually what happens like, okay you got it and the thing is still like walking around in the cage like it hasn't killed it oh, uh shit. And i'm like oh god uh okay what are you gonna do there and she's like ah it'll die and she just walks off <laughs> yeah. i'm like grandma i'm so disappointed you know what's gonna happen but sure enough you know like uh, you know, a couple minutes later, in the, in the midst of the conversation, I see it topple over in the cage, and sure enough, I was like, okay, cool, it's dead. Yep, yep, uh, yep. About two hours later, I happen to be walking outside, and I notice that the possum is pacing in the cage. What? It had been alive the entire time. How? shot in the fucking head. How is that even possible? Possums are so tiny. But it's tough as hell, apparently, and if you don't shoot it in the right spot, I guess... I don't know. It, I, they're invincible little creatures. So I take it upon myself 
I'm like, well, you know, like, I'm not going to, like, go to my grandma and be like, hey, grandma, can you, like, shoot that again? And I don't want to ask for a gun. So I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I, my first thought is, like, I'm going to go look for an axe. You know, I'm going to chop uh-huh. its head off. And I can't find it. Well, it's in the cage. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump it out of the cage and, and I can't Before find I can't find an axe that is long enough to suit my delicate sensibilities. You're like I don't want to be too close to the gore. I, yeah, I don't I don't want it to like splash on me or get in my eyes or shit because it smells bad. And I'm like, I just don't want to I don't want to do that. So I'm like, oh, okay, like what else do I have? I'm looking around and I see a <laughs> and I see a crowbar. Over hanging up against the wall. What is this? The zombie apocalypse? Exactly. That's what I was thinking in that that scene on Rick and Morty where uh, Jerry busts into Beth's office with the crowbar and is like, "I am Mr. Crowbar, and this is my friend. That's also a crowbar. It's stupid, you know." I'm like, I picked up the crowbar yeah. and I ran over, and uh, the thing is still like gripping onto the cage as I'm trying to shake it out, and it took three fucking swings to kill that thing. Oh my god! Tim. And god damn it, that first swing like took a part of my soul with it because I hit it and it like mashed its head and it, it was still die. like it was like why did you do that? And it was oh, like got man. its death rattles. I'm like man, this is just horrendous. Like this thing has been suffering for several hours, hours if not more. Like I mean, like it spent its last moments trapped in, in a, a cage, cage before yeah. being you know, mortally injured in the head <laughs> and then beat. And then beating to death with a crowbar. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, I take a, a snow shovel, you know, after it's yeah. dead, and, and it's still moving. No, no, it, and it's, it's still dead. moving. It's, it's three shots, but seriously, like after that second shot, it was still squirming around, and I hit pretty hard. Like I'm not trying oh, to like, yeah, like no, gloat or uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I would die. Uh, and it was moving. It was like still writhing around. I was like, shit, dude. Like I don't even know what to do at this point. So like, it, it sure enough, like after that third shot, it died, and you know, I picked it up with a snow shovel, and I was walking it over to the the burning barrel. And my dad was driving up at the time, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm, like, tossing it in the thing as he says, no, wait. I'm like, no, wait. What, what, no, wait. And he's like, you can't put it in there. I'm like, well, why can't I put it in there? He's like, those things don't burn. I'm like, what do you mean those what things you, don't burn? What do you burn? mean possums don't burn? Yeah, flame don't retardant. Burn. And he's like, I've done it before. Like, I've thrown carcasses in the burning barrel, and it takes, like, ten fires to get rid of them, and it stinks a lot, and yada, yada, yada. So I had to go through, and I had to dig the fucker <laughs> out. And we had to put it in a bag, and he had to haul it off to the edge of the woods somewhere and throw it out for vultures or God knows what. But, ah, uh, damn. Ah, that's my, that's my bucket list, checking that's, it off for the day. That's amazing. Nice. <laughs> damn it. Like, only in Kentucky or any other rural area yeah. of the country, I'm sure. <laughs> that's great. So, wait, was that, like, the first possum you ever killed? Um, yeah. I mean, it's the first one that I've ever finished off Wait, by myself. So the first yeah. animal you've ever killed? No, sure. Oh, okay. Well, okay. It's the first, it's the first animal that I have killed with a melee weapon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you say melee? Uh, me- melee or melee? I say melee. Melee, melee weapon. Uh, I... It's the first animal that I've killed with a crowbar. That's for sure. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, true. that's true. I've never done that. Oh, geez. Uh, it's not, it's just not pretty. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm sure it's very gross. Uh, actually, I'm, like, come to think of it, like, I, that, that's a good question to ask. I don't actually know if I've ever killed an animal before. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think back, like, I mean, I don't think that roadkill really counts, right? 
Not really. I feel like it's so impersonal. But I mean, yeah, like, attached. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you technically have, I guess. But yeah, or it's like, what do you mean by like, uh, you know, by pollution, like uh, environmental oh, yeah. decay? <laughs> sure, I've killed a bunch. You know, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so many dinosaurs. Yeah, they're, they're all dead <laughs> because of me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's the first one. Um, nice. Well, shit, I'm 28 years old, and I lived in rural Kentucky. And I, well, my parents weren't hunters, man. Like, I, I don't know. Dude, I'm not judging you. It's no criticism. Well, no, I guess I'm kind of judging myself a little bit because, Being like, defensive. I, I'm. Well, I don't mean to get defensive. More so, just like I'm disappointed at myself for having eaten meat growing up as much as I have. That's like, at basically every meal, and I've like. Yeah, it's stupid. You want oh man, yeah. All I gotta yeah. think about like I've watched even like uh humane butchering of mm. uh pigs. Yeah. If I if I think about that, I can't eat I can't eat pig afterwards. It's so gross. Have you watched it? Uh I I haven't seen well, okay, so I've seen portions of it, but probably not the part you're talking about. So what they do, they take a gun. I I don't know what caliber. Uh it's just like a, I think it was mm. just like uh I don't know, some kind of bullet that they just shoot it in the head to concuss it, right? Yeah. And it falls over. After they fall it over, they slit its throat from, like, ear to ear, right? Whoa. And even though and it's, like, knocked out and it's not feeling any pain, the body still does the death rattles. Okay. And they have to, like, basically hump its corpse what? to, like, get all the blood out. Like, they're, like, basically just, like, shaking the body like oh, yeah. jumping on top of it, not literally, but you know, just like shaking it while it's like kicking around and like, it's just like, like so much blood. Um, you like, can hang it up, but I mean, if you're just like some backyard farmer, that's like, Oh, this is like, you're doing it DIY. Style. You're doing it for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if this you're like, like some big corporation where they like no. put it in like a trash compactor thing. And yeah, like, exactly. Oh, no, no, no. It's just like this is like you grew this pig for your family. Yeah. Yeah, and like just thinking about it now, I just like it makes my throat feel sensitive. Just like thinking about all that blood, I'm just like, ugh, no, I couldn't do it. It's a bunch of blood. Yeah, so like, much blood. It's, it's bigger than your average human by a pretty wide margin. Yeah, and they got so such such a big a neck. Stuff. Oh god, and that's how the kosher beef they do it too. They slit the cow's throat. Ugh. So to make it wait, so like, what what can they not do in a kosher slaughter? I don't know. It's just like specific steps. I know one of the steps is slitting the throat. Uh, that's like the execution yeah. method for kosher beef. Okay, it's got it's got to be the animal has to feel like mortal pain or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> Some crazy. ridiculous shit. Like you have to see the blood, otherwise God's not happy. Oof, man, I'm so glad I didn't eat meat for dinner. This is making me feel better. No, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> I had pork for dinner. <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. That's the first pork I've had in like a, like at least several months, if not like this year. <laughs> that's fine. You shouldn't feel bad. Uh, I'm not I, trying to make I, you I feel bad. I got I got freaked out. Everybody was talking about not having meat, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna get a bunch of meat that I God. haven't had in a while." You say it. No. Yeah, we literally just talked about this on the last episode. Like the reason why it's not going to run out isn't because of the supply chain. It's because of idiots uh, think to themselves. Yeah, like me. I don't I'm want like, it to run out, so I'm, I'm going to buy idiots. a bunch. 
I mean, yeah, I'm going to buy like the weird stuff that I don't normally buy, too. Uh, get me some ham hocks. Cow, cow's tongue, yummy. Mm, delicious. Hey, no joke. I've heard that that's like some really good stuff if you cook it the right way. I've had it on uh, tacos, I think. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've eaten lots of weird taco? shit on tacos just because I'm like, <laughs> I've never had that Spanish word before. Sign yeah, put, me up. Put on a taco. That's what, put that's that what, on a tortilla and yeah. cheese on top. I'm good to go. Yeah. And given the economic state of everything is such a like such an encompassing statement. Like, <laughs> yep. I, I noticed that you sent me something from the uh, Democratic Socialists of America, which I know this guy's face, but I can't remember his name. Wait, What's the... his name? Secular Talk. Oh, What's... Kyle Kalinske. Wait, I sent Kyle you Kalinske. one of his. Yeah. Oh. Well, in, in the, uh, striking striking garbage workers fired and replaced with prison labor. Yeah, that's that's oh, Kyle Kalinsky. Secular talk, right? I didn't realize, oh, damn! I didn't realize I sent you Kyle Kalinsky stuff. That's cool. I well, I I haven't. I don't necessarily like his. Uh, um, what's the tone term? of voice? Exactly. It's like yeah. he, he kind of sounds whiny. He does, uh, but, I, but I like what he says. Like, yeah, no, I'm the, yeah, I'm the same way. It's like he seems like. A little bit condescending if you're like not already in his um, mm-hmm. frame. Why of do view. these guys not always get it? Like, uh, yo, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I am, I'm also feeling the fact that people should obviously understand these basic truths uh, about human relationships, but they don't. It's really too bad. It's quite sad, even <laughs> quite tragic. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to you more in that I wanted to watch it later. I think because I haven't even okay. watched it, and like uh, I wanted to find the um, yeah. the article he was referencing, just because. Um, yeah, just that dynamic of the title, striking garbage workers being replaced with prison labor. I felt like it tied into really well of what we talked about when we did the live episode when we were talking about just like. Um, the injustices of our legal system and mm-hmm. how that ties in with forced labor through our um, incarcerated populations and stuff. So I was like, yeah. oh, perfect. Like, and then talking about how, what, how your, your country treats its prisoners is like a reflection of how, you know, they want to treat everybody else. And yeah, so it's like, oh, perfect. Here we go. This replace. Yeah, Enslave them until they rebel, and you quell the rebellion with by force, and so on and so forth. I was actually reading. um, I wanted to, so I was listening to some Noam Chomsky shit earlier today. So I was trying to understand. uh, uh, I was trying to wrap my head around libertarian socialism, and he's apparently a big proponent of it, or you know, knows. Oh yeah, yeah, has a lot of speeches about it. So I was listening to one of those, and he starts going into like some random conflict the United States is getting into, uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't understand any of this. Like, I haven't heard of half of these conflicts that he's referring to. So just like browsing the Wikipedia page on the conflicts that America has been a part of that are in the public eye, right? Oh, yeah. like a lot of these stories or a lot of these conflicts are obviously admitted mm-hmm. because it would. It would paint the United States in a light that's so terrible that the rest of the world would be like, guys, we have got to rise up against these people. They are absolutely yep. fucking terrible. Um, but one in particular was um, – uh, well, I mean like it doesn't have a – a lot of the conflicts don't have right. fancy names. Are you in the United States involvement in regime change on YouTube? Not YouTube. Wikipedia? Are you on that page? Oh. Uh, 
Let me check it out. I, I'm, I haven't. This, United this States. This bad boy. Mission. I sent you the link. Oh, let's check it out. It's like basically every oh. country tried to overthrow or been involved in the mm -hmm. transition yeah. of government. Yeah, it's like the entire world. Well, the one I was talking about in particular took place in like 18. It was 1814 through 1816. And um, what caught my eye is the name of the fort. <laughs> that uh, they overthrew, that the United States government overthrew, called Fort Negro, mm -hmm. right? And it was basically a bunch of uh, runaway slaves that had established a fort and were fighting, uh, fighting their freedom, and the United States government at that point in time claimed that uh, those people were instigating uh, rebellions in the surrounding area, which, I mean, is, is all very well and good and quite possible. Like, I don't, I don't see any ethical problem with it. And of course the United States government crushed it until two years later in which the same folks that they had dissipated from that fort, um, gained an alliance with the Seminole Indians, which were apparently a huge problem for the United States government for like the next seven years in, uh, in Florida. And, and, they just like the United States government, of course, was, you know, fighting with them in order to gain, you know, same old story, but a different place. Like yep. somebody tries to rebel because they recognize the United States is not as fantastic as they claim to be. And yeah, I mean, especially if you're a fucking black person in the 1800s. I mean, yeah, or you file that, yeah, file that <laughs> under the duck category. Yeah, <laughs> they want For to real. enslave me or they want to commit genocide against me. It's like, well, of course, these people suck. Yeah. This isn't freedom and liberty. Well, yeah. we we hear about a few examples in um, in your stereotypical United States history courses when you you know growing up in your uh, standardized middle schools and core curriculums, uh, but they're usually uh, categorized as white people rebellions, like Shays Rebellion. Like we've heard about that. Um, we've heard about the whiskey rebellions. Yep. But we don't we don't hear about the slave rebellions. Like outside of there's one in particular uh, that happened in Virginia, uh, but that one happened early on. Like the ones that happened later, uh, especially as precursors to the Civil War, we don't hear about nearly as much. Um, and, and I think it, you know it's because it it bears a resemblance to a lot of folks today that would feel as the like like prison populations or people that are so yeah. heavily disenfranchised that they feel as though they might need to band together and. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, secede yep. uh, and, and just like form like a little militant organization that tries to resist the laws of, of these oppressive government statutes. Oh, you mean like the Black Panthers? Like the Black Panthers, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a pretty good example. But I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the Black Panthers other than they are a militant organization that fight for black rights. Is that, yeah. is that I mean, effectively it? Yeah, and militant, I feel like... I don't know. It was basically just black guys with guns to make sure that if someone was being arrested, you had a bunch of black guys with guns stand around and, you know, watch and make sure the arrest was happening the way it was supposed to, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I heard about them in the news recently. There was a oh, really well. OK, so here's the thing. Like, you got to take it with a grain of salt, because whenever you hear about the Black Panthers, yeah. involvement in modern politics it might just be a group of black folks with guns 
Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily yeah, assume that it's automatically fair. the Black Panthers, but they claimed in, you know, that they were involved uh, in Georgia around the same time that all these folks were throwing protests and trying to march into state buildings with their um, assault rifles. Uh, shortly after that, there was a black representative that oh, yeah. had a meeting there, and they escorted them into the Capitol building with an armed force, and a bunch of people were like, it's the Black Panthers, and yeah. they're doing the exact same thing. It's like, they're not doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're doing this because you're doing your thing. <laughs> yeah. It's an escort. They are doing it because they're scared of you idiots. That yeah, exactly. Like, like with your dicks out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear anything about those people being affiliated in any way with the Black Panthers, but what those guys were doing was effectively a lot of what the Black Panthers would do when okay. they were prominent. Yeah, well, I, I heard it referenced directly in the articles that I read, but yeah, like, but you know, maybe like they said, are. It's, like it's probably I don't there's know. Probably some differentiation there. Like, like you know, you don't want to call a, a libertarian socialist a, a Leninist, you know. That's a that's a bad thing, you know. You got to make sure you have the differentiations between the two groups. <laughs> that's wait, some uh, that's some socialist joke for you there, Jimmy. Wait, which two groups? I'm sorry. Is it uh, uh, libertarian socialists and Leninists? Oh yeah, you know I can't tell it's you the stupid. difference. Uh, it between was a stupid them. joke. Don't I worry. Can't, about it. I can't tell you the difference between all the little stupid. I don't. I don't know of either. Maoist but... and other yeah. shit people say. I don't think people that say it a lot of times even know what they're saying. Yeah. There's like a handful of people that have read a bunch of like lefty socialist literature that actually know what they're talking about, but I don't know. I, uh, ever since I got muted from the, the communist subreddit, I try to stay away from those people. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I got banned from communist subreddit, dude. I'm Why? not. Because I'm too much of an imperialist pig, Tim. <laughs> no way. What Pretty much. You do? What I, you I, do? I, I, like, I just made a comment one time, like, giving my opinion on something in the subreddit, and <laughs> I got banned because I had previous, like, posts in Bernie subreddits. And they said, what? no Democratic Socialist allowed in communist subreddit. I was like, what? man, yeah, no, I'm serious, dude. It was like total anti-free speech, anti-anyone that wasn't like already in their milieu of thinking. It's just like, ah, so this like is why there's assholes. never, yeah, literally like authoritarian status assholes, like not libertarian leftists whatsoever. It's well, like the uprising. It's, it's just silence like the oppressors. Exactly. They're just like so obsessed with like maintaining their little niche group and its nicheness that it's like, you guys, like, how do you plan on making uh, like a fucking mass uprising for our glorious revolution when someone like most people aren't even sympathetic to like, communism or any of those schools of thought yep. and and then you like go and you like ban people that are yep. at least sympathetic it's like you're never going to find enough people to do Bad anything man. yeah you guys are a bunch of fucking losers um yeah. well actually um i idealize myself as a stalinist because really uh trotsky was wrong because of this it's like oh fuck yourself you're political fuck, hipsters you're yeah they're fucking nerds like yeah anyways stupid they're just trying to be uh idealistic for yeah. the sake of being unusual yeah like, and like when wow, you get up so obsessed cool. with like the like the specifics of labels and stuff i'm i'm, I'm skeptical but. Yeah, it's just it's a specific. That's what gets people in trouble. Like, why can't you just like, like it, 
it, it feels a lot better, at least in you know from from my point of view and the experiences that I've had to uh, kind of randomly find out that you are a particular thing rather than looking into a thing and then trying to fit your ideals to that thing. Oh that yeah. Sense. Yeah. Of like, Oh, find out that I oh, decided I have a little bit of linear, Leninist tendencies or I have a little bit of capitalist tendencies or, yeah. you know, I, I like, uh, you know, neoliberal neoliberalism or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Cool. Like it feels like an epiphany. Yeah. Right. And epiphanies are fun. Right. Everybody likes those. It's like, oh, if I believe this and this, that means I'm a this. It's like, yes, Billy, if mm-hmm. you like anthropomorphic foxes, then yeah. you might be a furry. Yeah. Yeah. So that means if you're in a group of other like-minded individuals, you can more easily refer to that frame of reference just by saying this particular ism. It's like, yeah. great. Like my language just got so much more efficient. That's, oh, that's cool. a little, uh, little word bomb. I didn't it's realize great. my attraction to uh, these anthropomorphic foxes made me a furry, but cool. Now I have that word. Boom. And that word gives me power. Yeah, knowledge is powers. powers. But then you got to make sure that it doesn't eventually bleed into dogma, right? You don't, you don't yeah. want... Right, you don't you want don't, to right. exclude people on the basis that they don't agree with certain key propositions set forth by your ideal exactly like the like, communist fucking assholes right you that like no furless furries allowed you know like mm-hmm. people that don't like lizards or mm-hmm. other furless animals right you don't want to be that asshole yeah or the like the what percentage like if there's a metaphysical difference between the furry furry people and the furless furry people yeah. like to what degree are they separated and if there's a significant enough difference i can understand the uh, desire to not want to associate with the other group but more often than not like you were saying earlier like communists have a pretty negative uh i mean they they they, they don't have the it, social clout not in the needed. United States, definitely no. Yeah, in the United. Well, I mean, in I mean, I think in general around the world, like I think if you were, China, well, <laughs> well even uh. like, like I mean, you got your your Hong Kong protests, and like I mean, there's a good manner of people there. There's just like I don't want to talk out against like communism yeah. is uh, it's the term. It's, yeah. it's it's the term that people don't like. It's like, you just need to change it into something else. Right. That's like why I refuse to refer to myself as an atheist, even though I'm not a religious person, just yeah, because there's so much negative connotation on atheism. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're hateful. It doesn't mean that you're, uh, you know, I don't like to eat babies except on the third Tuesday of each month. <laughs> yeah, <know>. exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like... Um, I don't know. And there's also a lot of militant atheists that make atheism look bad, too. And I don't want to be associated with them. Like, I don't want to be associated with the communist subreddit, you know? Do you, want... Can you think of any uh, um, militant atheists off the top of your head that you wouldn't want to be associated with? Um, well, like, I can't think. I feel like, like Bill, Bill Meyer, like, that's not a... Oh, he's just I a mean... douchebag. But he's yeah. a douchebag. Yeah, I, but I he, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't, don't want to. I disagree with a lot of things he says, but I, I yeah, I don't Do want to be associated with him. Maybe uh, I don't know enough of what he says. Well, <laughs> he, well, he. So he used to be cool in like being like a straight shooter, especially during the Bush years of being able to yeah. call out corruption and stuff like that. 
but um, like, and he's just gotten like steadily worse since then of becoming, I don't know, more mainstream, I guess, and stuff like that. And ever, and like now, especially with the Trump administration, he's just become like orange man bad, no nuance, Democrat good. And he even said that he liked uh, the person that he was looking, like to give you an idea of how much of a joke he is as like an individual, like the person that he wanted to win the primary was Amy Klobuchar of all people, which I didn't even think Amy Klobuchar people actually existed outside of Minnesota, which is where she's a, a senator. And uh, when he said that, I'm just like, why? <laughs> How did you come to this conclusion? Like, I feel like only like an out of touch elitist could come to that conclusion of like, well, she's a woman and she's a Democrat and she's yeah. good. Like, it, like, there, like there was like no basis. Like he couldn't come up with like, words to explain why he liked her it's just like yeah this got person this weird uh bondage suspension system that is he's able to hang himself above a giant bowl of cocaine and yeah. when his dick gets hard he it like swings him around to such a degree that it makes little shapes in the cocaine and then oh, he has like i don't damn. know a bunch of hookers that come over in and read the cocaine lines that was way more complicated i thought it was just gonna be like he did a bunch of cocaine completely naked, and then he had, like, all of the candidates, like, with, like, posters on a wall, and then, like, his boner just, like, went straight up and then, like, went straight over to wherever, like, Amy Klobuchar's poster was, and he's like, that's it. That's the fucking one. I don't, I don't really hear him opining on uh, his uh, political preferences outside of just, like, making fun of the opposition, which is far too much of the political dif- discourse it It is really easy like why do you need to have a basis when you can just try to destroy your opponent's platform yeah but that should be like (laughs) i don't know why my knee-jerk reaction is like that should be outlawed because i (laughs) what are you what are you the communist subreddit (laughs) yeah you can't do this now (laughs) we said so gosh that doesn't fucking work at all yeah, and I just I just want people to freely associate and do their own thing. Like, yep. fuck this, all this like let's choose our king for the next four years. Shit, I don't I don't care. Yeah, yeah, it would I mean, seem almost it would be better if we didn't have an executive branch, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there's some yeah. brief times you want to be a clear figurehead to make authoritarian decisions. I don't know. Like Doctor Rick Bright. Have you heard about this guy? Mm-mm. I've only heard about him in the last uh, day or so, uh, but he was one of the folks, uh, let's see, they call him an Im- immunologist, uh, but he was a Department of Health and Human Services, Okay. Uh, and he has recently become the target of criticism because he was claiming that the United States government was not working towards a vaccine that would be equitably distributed amongst the people that were at risk. Uh, and he's, he's saying that, oh, you know, go figure a guy named Dr. Bright is saying we're going to have the darkest winter in modern history. (laughs) Who writes this shit? The simulation is getting really shitty. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My man. My man. (laughs) Come on, Mrs. Pancake. Uh, I I don't know why like people are gripping on these things. I've heard about the Spanish flu of nineteen twelve or nineteen eighteen. I don't fucking nineteen something. I don't give a shit. Nineteen before now. 
19 before now, Spanish flu, whatever kind of uh, ethnicity you want to blame that flu on. The Siamese flu? <laughs> Bulgarian flu, B- Bavarian. Not, not, not the Siamese Bavarian flu? Siamese flu. <laughs> Central Thailand flu. <laughs> the <Yeah>. conjoined flu? <laughs> Just smash it all together. Oh, man. Um, so what kind of stories do we got here, Jimmy? Um, sad ones. Yay, the best kind of stories. <laughs> <laughs> when people need to get by for a little help from their friends. Yeah. Yeah, friends are really going to help you. It's staying away from your goddamn friends. That's what's yeah. going to help you. You've got, you got this really good Hell World one. Restaurant to seat mannequins at empty tables to make social distancing less awkward. Oh, and God. if you look at the pictures from it, I can assure you, it is more awkward. It oh, is. They're they're really creepy looking mannequins. I mean, I, all mannequins are kind of creepy, but I don't know. It's like it would be like the equivalent if you ate inside a. Uh, imagine if a um, blah, 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 it's like small world. A, a wax museum had oh. a cafe in the center of it where you could eat, surrounded <laughs> by all the wax museum. <laughs> Sculptures just watching you eat. Yeah, oh, fuck. It's a yeah. nice restaurant, too. Or, I mean, it seems like it from oh, the decor. It, it, does look, it does look fancy from the decorum. Yeah. I don't know. What, what restaurants is this? Uh, uh, I N N Michelin restaurant, blah, 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 blah. That's probably expensive. Oh, yeah. The, the inn at Little Washington. Little Washington in D.C.? Um. Yeah, yeah, in DC. Yeah, it. Well, the inn at Little Washington in Virginia, which is close to DC. Yeah. What's the difference between Virginia and DC? So they actually get representation because they're not in DC. Yes, I would say that that's probably the difference. Uh, so <laughs> they they've got yeah. reservations. Let's see what the price is. I want to see. Oh, sample menu. This is what we want to know. Oh, there we go. Ooh, they don't have prices. Ooh, that's can bad. I, Ooh, that's real I, bad. Tim. Oh, yeah. It means it's Oh, expensive. God. No, I found it. It's all the same price for everything. Guess how much it costs. Don't look. Don't you fucking look. I know you're going to cheat. Not, I'm not, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. Okay, okay I, so. Wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you what they serve you. Let me okay. make sure. I don't know if it's. It might be multiple courses you get when you pay for this. Let me Is make sure. Crunchied mannequin um, hair. Wait. Um, we offer three tasting menus. You can simply choose which menu is most appealing to you. So they have multiple menus. Oh god. Okay. And, and then, and then, which menu you choose? Wait, but they're all wait. They're all this. Looks like they're all the same price. So I don't see what. What's the fucking yeah. point? They're all well, the they're, same. They're price. all the same price, but you get to choose whatever kind of fancy pants oh, shit you want. Jesus. Okay. I'll Okay. So what I'm going. All right. So what I'm going to do? Stop researching, you fucker. It's on what? the article, stop, man. It's right here. Stop doing research. All right. <laughs> right so and then there's also an optional optional wine pairing for each one. Those are separate. Yes. That, that doesn't necessarily come with it. Okay. So I'm going to read you one option. Okay. From each menu, right. they, they give you an idea, and they're all the same price. So, okay, so one I'm is gonna cram my fat face full of the day. <laughs> so, God, okay, so you got heart of smoked Scottish salmon encrusted with toasted nori, uh, apple noodles, and horseradish cream. Ugh. 
<laughs> sounds gross, dude. <laughs> and I, I'm guessing this is the wine pairing that comes with it. It's a bunch of French that I can't read, so I'm just going to skip it. Okay. And that's from the Gastro Now's menu. And the next, this is the Here and Now menu. I'm going to read okay. the first thing on it from you. This one is a crispy Napoleon of chilled Maine lobster with imperial acetra caviar in a pool of spicy Bloody Mary Cooley. I don't know what oh a Cooley is. Oh my god. It's a bunch and, of words I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any of these fucking words. And then I know this, lobster. I know imperial. And this one another has like another bougie French wine that I can't oh pronounce. Gata, no, Grand Cru, Brut, a oh, Champagne. Oh, man. oh, they serve it with champagne? Is That's a main course that they serve with champagne? Yeah, apparently... Fuck. Okay, so I'm All right, wait, wait, ready wait, for one more. No, one more. One more. Gotta read the last one. We okay. gotta read one from each menu to make sure that you're. I want to be well learned. Yeah, let's yeah. let's be in the know. You gotta, you gotta have as much knowledge as you want to. Whatever. This is the Good Earth or our Vegetarian Creations, and this is the. Melange of Brussels sprouts with braised chestnuts and green grapes with their Selbach, Oster, Riesling, Zeltinger, Schlossberg, Mosel, Germany. Okay, so there you go. So then, and, and then, so the, you've got your tasting menu price and then your optional wine pairing price. So you can give them to me both or what you think is combined, however you want to do it. Oh, uh, okay, but I got to choose one. Well, you could give me like I think the I think the dinner price is blank and the wine price is blank, or you could say combined. I think it's blank, or however you want to do it. But oh, there's fuck I'm, it, combined five hundred bucks. All right, really? Yeah, it's pretty good. You had uh, two forty eight for the nice. dinner and then one eighty for the wine. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Stupid fucking DC pieces of shit. You guys are idiots. Like, yeah, so it's four hundred and twenty-eight dollars for that trash. Yeah, it's a it's a bunch of pieces of shit that like and, you don't think you don't think about anything. You don't know what half those words mean. And if you do know what those words mean, fuck you for knowing what those words mean. And I'm looking at the pictures, and it would not fall under my dad's approval of what makes a good meal. Of you know, like really cheap. And big portions. Yeah, it's more like really expensive and tiny portions. Yeah. These pictures look really sad. Nice. It's like, oh look, I like I took so like a sad. sauce and I made it into a funky smiley face. You love it. <laughs> I, this so is t- this is cutting edge. This is a uh, this is experimental. I, I would be so hungry. Yeah, it I would just be looks too. Like- and I'd be sitting there like like looking out of the corner of my eye at all these fucking mannequins that are staring at me. Like, yeah. Oh God. Like, how do I, should I order? Like, can you like pull your face mask down so I can see your responses to what I'm about to order? So I know if it's good or not. Cause I don't know what any of these fucking words mean. <laughs> Could I have the lobster imperia? No, no. Not Tables are available every night and the surcharge is $595 per table. Oof. Ouch. Oh, you wanted you wanted to eat at a table tonight. Yeah. Oh, we're we're going to have to charge you five hundred and ninety five dollars up front. Yeah, I th- I thought you wanted to just like sit in a mannequin's lap. <laughs> you can eat on the floor, fucking plebeian. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. 
Oh man, they're even like all the mannequins are decked out in 1940s outfits. Why 1940s? I don't fucking know. Is that like when was the end of the first golden age? <laughs> golden age. The golden the golden age the 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 uh, golden age of business in the United States. Oh, you know, like, I with, like you the Rockefellers okay. and shit, and like all the people that were like getting you know like getting rich oh. off of. Uh, or like I guess when they were all, uh, you know, sitting pretty after they had made a shit ton of money off of the backs of slaves building railroads, right? And uh, poor people from Europe living in ghettos in New York City, right? Yeah, like yeah, meat meat packing plants and shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm guessing late 1800s, like post uh, Civil War. Yeah. Uh, pre, you know, Great Depression. So that, that would have been pretty. That would have been out of style for for the 1940s. So I'm I'm, I'm off base. I, I apologize for my intrusion into believing that that would be appropriate for this type of setting. Please don't yeah. charge me more money for uh, yeah. for this table. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just absurd. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, like it. Yeah. Do you think if I paid double, they'd let me like go like undress one of the mannequins? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Can I undo that one's top? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps Why? staring at me. I think I'm entitled to it. <laughs> uh, she's totally into me. That's the name of the restaurant. The little inn. <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't know. I guess I got too much shrimp lobster imperial in my fat mouth somebody's knocking on a door it's something that always makes me a little bit nervous you know it's i'm in my own home i should be more comfortable there than anywhere else and yet somebody knocks on my door to let me know that they've left some essential packages on my front door and i'm like who knocks on my door what do i do what do i do kitty save yourself (laughs) what am i gonna do so I was looking at this uh, this article that you sent me, or uh, basically the tweet from Jesse Jackson talking about the Navajo Nation. Oh, dude. <laughs> horrible. Yeah, right. Like, well, it was, it's horrible, but it's funny that uh, that's what I sent you because, I mean, we were literally talking about earlier about well i guess never mind i was thinking about talking about the uh seminole indians and native americans and uh yeah fuck what about them (laughs) i don't know i was trying to make some correlation of native americans and black americans working together yeah under siege of shittiness so there's a loose correlation there but i can't draw any direct ties but yeah no it's super depressing that uh, for people that aren't reading it, that are listening, that Doctors Without Borders are deploying doctors to the United States mm. to assist the uh, Navajo Nation due to the outbreak of coronavirus there and lack of uh, treatment. So, yeah, which is uh, awful. It's pretty bad. All these years, Native Americans still getting shafted. Yeah, that's right. And it, they will continually be shafted until they are completely extinct. Yeah. Oh man, don't say that. That's terrible. That's fucking bad. That's going to happen. Oh. I mean, that's just the way of it. I don't think their numbers are going in the positive direction. Man, that sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like what a. I, I, I don't want to like say this 
lightly, but like the is such a like a valuable culture and people that are being lost to the annals of history. And I don't think that it's necessarily up to individual people to try to like like people like you and I, like sure we can try to preserve that history uh by discussing their plight. I I don't know any better way. Like, I guess you could fight alongside them. Like if we were talking about the, um, 1814, 1816, uh, like Seminole rebellions, uh, of course, you know, different nation, different, different tribe of people. I get that. But even so, like, what else are you going to do, but just band together and fight alongside of them in the instance that they're in trouble? Exactly. You just gotta, you kind of gotta assimilate, assimilate yourself with, within that, that culture. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but like uh, Malcolm X, he said that the uh, he like he hated all white people, uh, um, but he said that uh, oh, what's his fucking nuts? There was one guy way back in the 1800s or whatever who he was like a white dude that like led a um, a slave rebellion and got murdered because of it. Basically, Malcolm X was like, "All these motherfuckers suck. We don't need them, but this guy's cool. We can hang out with him." But everyone else, they all suck. Anyways, but just talking about making other people's struggles your own struggles and fighting alongside them—that that's the only example that comes to mind of someone that really put their money where their mouth was. Might have been a preacher or something like that. I can't remember. It wasn't Gabriel, was it? I can't remember. You heard uh, of Gabriel Prosser, slave led. Oh uh, no, I haven't. Uh, let's see, let's see. So, Gabriel, commonly known today as Gabriel Prosser, was a, uh... No, that's not right. Because you said he was a white guy, right? Yeah, Gabriel, uh, Nat Gabriel Turner? Prosser, it might have been Nat Turner. Uh, Gabriel Prosser, which also, you know, deserves a little bit of credit as far as slave rebellions are concerned, planned a large slave rebellion in the Richmond area, Virginia, in the summer of 1800. Hmm. That's good. Kudos to those folks that were able to lead slave rebellions. Damn it. Nope. Nat Turner was an enslaved African American. Damn it. Got my slave rebellions all mixed up. <laughs> uh, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of them. It's saying something, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing the one you have, the Gabriel led a slave yeah. of Virginia slave revolt. It's not him, and I see a lot that are referencing man, we, we need to like brush up on our Google foo. What? Our Google what? foo? Yeah. So month, month, Damn it. Month pretty, pretty bad. White man. Here. Who's that white man <laughs> Malcolm <laughs> X liked? <laughs> uh, yeah, you should just be able to be like the one guy that Malcolm X liked. The one. Who's that one white guy? He liked one. He liked one, one white guy. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's something to be learned from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm literally just holding this podcast hostage because I can't remember a very specific factoid and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I, yeah, I slave rebellions are, are pretty important. Form. It's really unfortunate that our society has to come to such things. Like, why do you have to meet violence with violence? Like, isn't there some kind of higher power or cosmic algorithm that can allow people to peacefully protest and not just simply be trampled over or... Uh, pushed into uh, certain areas of the country until they dissipate into um, broken sects of, of uh, culture and, and lost dreams. 
Well, I mean, that is the difference in philosophy if we're going to be talking about Malcolm X, of uh, between Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther Martin King. Martin Luther King, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, even then, it's like... Different philosophies. Was, was uh, Malcolm X assassinated? Yep. Who's he assassinated by? Uh, supposedly some, um... Oh! Uh, um, yeah, it was a, it was another guy. It was a, it was a guy from the Islam Nation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he actually joined the Nation of Islam, and then the guy who was, uh, responsible for it, or, or, you know, who was leading the Nation of Islam in the United States at that point was like, kill that guy. Yeah, I don't know. My, my, uh, my go-to response is gonna be, uh, CIA, FBI, but, you know, uh, Someone with a name killed him. Someone with a name. <laughs> Touche, Jimmy. You, uh, you got it. Oh, there you go. He's, his assassination's right here. Uh, shot him in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun. Man, talk about going out dramatically. Whoa. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he Wait. was uh, he was about to uh, told to interviewer Gordon Parks of the Nation of Islam was actively trying to kill him, uh, and then only six days later he was assassinated. Wow, oof, that's ridiculous. Mm hmm. Twenty one gunshot wounds to the chest. Yikes. Talmadge Hayer. Also known as Thomas Hagen. Yep, he was beaten by the crowd before the police arrived. Hey, you know that you're doing something right if you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people that beat the guy to death, that just shot you after you were assassinated. I mean, it it sucks that that, uh, our world resorts to these type of violence, but at the very least, that should be some solace that... Hey, a lot of people loved you. They believed in what you were doing, and they fucking killed that guy. <laughs> yep. Silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's like it gets it gets pretty dark pretty fast, and I'm sitting here thinking like, oh man, I hope Jimmy doesn't ask me what the silver lining is. That's good. Is that funny. what you're thinking? I'm just like, don't ask me to find <laughs> a positive in this. Ah. Uh, well, I would, how did we depart? How did we get off on the topic? We were talking about um, the Navajo uh, Nation disparaged group, yeah, groups banding together. Coronavirus. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, can't catch a break. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. That That's, that's one of those tough things. Like, uh, I know... Oh, man. I don't know. I don't even know how to approach that. There's no silver lining for that. I mean, it I sucks. guess, I guess, his, I guess his homies beat the shit out of that guy that uh, killed him. They give Malcolm X. I, yeah. What about the silver lining for the Navajo tribe? Um, or the thank Navajo God, thank, thank God, there's uh, doctors without borders because uh, yeah, the United States sure is fucking gonna do nothing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to go, guys. Shoot. We got now. I got a couple of other stories up here, and I don't know what order we want to talk about these. But if you want to bring up any in particular, I'll just I'll just jump to that one. Yes. Oh man, let's see. 
so what do we have here? Um, man jumped on the wine truck and unscrewed valve to drink straight from the tanker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't decide if it's like more sad or more funny. I mean, well, he's shirtless and shoeless. <laughs> he's just this guy's running around in some shorts, like just trying to like wait for a, a wine tanker to go by. I mean, he's got to have a pretty good. Uh, he's got to have a pretty high perception rating right. if he's able to determine that Ex- it's a wine tanker in particular. Exactly, because that's hard to that's hard to note. I don't think that the wine tankers advertise themselves in the same way that these Anheuser Busch trucks going down the road are like. Look what we have inside of us—a bunch of cheap, nasty beer. Like, ha ha. Because, yeah, exactly. Because you, like, you most alcoholics, right? They just resort to you know drinking shoe polish or, or whatever cheapest shit they can find like in our last has, episode we talked exactly, about uh, hand sanitizer exactly <laughs> whatever they can find that has alcohol in it but this guy he doesn't want to be one of those lowly alcoholics right mm-hmm. he's got dreams of the big city the That's big right. wine truck and he want, he wants to drink from the source <laughs> he wants yeah. the source he wants it pure <laughs> That's right. You got you got to go to that ever flowing fountain of delicious wine. Uh, like, do you like? Is it from like a, like a desire of of purity of of just wanting you know that good good in its like most purest rawest form, or is it or is it surely a quantity thing? It's glut. I think it's gluttony. Think it's I think gluttony. it's just like it's purely like this guy doesn't really understand just how much is in there, and he doesn't give a fucking flipping fuck about anything. And you're just like, you know what? I don't care how much wine's in there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pop that top. <laughs> uh, according to uh, the uh, the news station that was covering the story, there was about five thousand bottles worth in that tanker, so about about a thousand gallons. Uh, and I I'm pretty sure that that guy could maybe get through, like even if he was like chugging a gallon. Hard, if he got through a gallon, he'd still be throwing up, like like yeah. horrendously throwing up. You remember that like um, gallon of milk challenge? Oh yeah, that's that true. Uh, oh, like yeah. stupid frat boys would do. Yeah, it doesn't even have alcohol. Yeah, and it fucks yeah. you up. This and yeah, he's like gonna be fucked up and uh, like his 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 mouth is like his whole face, his whole body is gonna be stained that weird purple color that your teeth get when you drink too much red or what. <laughs> It's just gonna be all over him. This is great. Uh, oh, this is, this is this is fantastic. We got a we got a quote. Uh, this individual was able to release the wine from under the tanker, and he placed himself underneath the tanker in such a manner. The best way to describe this was somebody doing like snow angels. <laughs> Wait, what? That's a Modesto CHP officer, Tom Olson. Mm-hmm. Wait, who was doing snow angels? The, the guy that was drinking the the wine after he, he had drank it the tanker what well, he was just doing like, snow angels it, while he was drinking it was just it? like it was fucking hitting him in the face yeah he was just like sitting there like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so that was that guy was probably in heaven at that point and to be honest that does sound quite fantastic i would i would try it like i would i would pay good money to experience uh like hey look it's all you can drink, but only for 10 seconds, and we'll pump it in as hard as you like. 
That's amazing. I'd be like, okay, how much? <laughs> how much? Okay. It's, it's like $20. Like, hey, it's sold. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I finally figured it out. I figured it out, Tim. What? Malcolm X, like John Brown, an abolitionist that died, that got killed for being an abolitionist. He wasn't, didn't lead a slave rebellion. He was an abolitionist. That's it. Uh-huh. End story. John Brown. Whoa, we got like a real picture of the guy. Well, okay. I guess we had pictures or, you know, photographs in 1846. Uh, <laughs> American abolitionist. Uh... Oh, well, no duh, he liked him. Uh, Brown advocated the use of armed insurrection to overthrow the institution of slavery in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> militant dude. I get it though. Like I'm, I'm like I, I don't necessarily advocate for anyone to go out and have an armed insurrection, but hey, you know, fight fire with fire, right? Burn everybody down. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Let's get just this burn the whole thing down. And while you're at it, just take like ten thousand gallons of wine right to the face. <laughs> John Brown, huh? Man, that guy has a a rather severe picture, but he does have a smug look on his face. Like, he's proud of what he did. He's like, yeah, fuck these guys. Yep. No, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, he was hung. Oh, there you go. He was dissatisfied with the pacifism of the organized abolition movement. These men are all talk. What we need is action. Yep. Action! Exclamation point. And at this point, I would like to remind everybody, this is an all-talk podcast. There is no action whatsoever. We are all talk. Okay. Just so talk. Saying that, Only I don't want I don't, I don't to draw any additional attention towards this, but, Nothing but fuck talk. that, that we have to say that it's all talk because we are fearing some kind of repercussion. We're just what talking. What kind of society do we live in? Uh, like, that's stupid. Just are talking here. Hey, if anybody hears that we just randomly just don't come on air next week. If the podcast doesn't come, if the podcast doesn't come at nine a.m. on Monday, we were black bagged. Yeah, and hopefully I can get this episode edited and out to you guys <laughs> before they knock down my door and they're like, "Hey Tim, did you uh, were you talking about John Brown?" I was like, uh, "No, no." <laughs> Please don't black bag me. And they're like, oh, we're black bagging you, all right. (laughs) Now, you want to put your head in, or shall we put your head in for you? (laughs) Lenny. (laughs) Yeah, Joe. Would you please take this kind gentleman's head and put it in the black bag for us? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to put his head in the bag for you. Oh, my God. Wow, I like how my cat can walk across my keyboard and pop up a bunch of things that I've never seen before on my computer. <laughs> what the uh, fuck is this? That's the stuff that you're going to get thrown in jail for when this FBI that's what it looks like. raids your computer. It's, I've got like the margin and the border and the padding, and then I have the, the fucking... What is all this shit? Get out of there. Kitty, don't ever walk across my keyboard again. Because what we need is action. Action! Yep. <sighs> yep oh man he he killed people brown killed people oh did he yeah brown yep. and his supporters killed five supporters of slavery in the uh, potawatomi massacre oh okay maybe that's why i thought he was a uh a slave 
uh, rebellion leader. Is yeah. Well, I mean, he was an abolitionist. He was just a violent abolitionist. Yeah, well, most of them, you know, mm-hmm. weren't. So, yep. Okay, so, oh, he was also executed by hanging. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Sorry. it looks like he's relatively well off. If I was to guess, let's see, early life... Age of 18, blah, 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 blah. Opened a tannery. That doesn't sound very wealthy. Yeah, that's stinky. That's stinky work. A preparatory program. Well, does sound like he was educated. I can't necessarily tell whether or not this guy was wealthy or not, but based on his picture and the fact that he was able to photograph himself in portrait, I would assume that he was probably well off. What? You you were in the 1800s and you had a picture, rich son of bitch. Yeah, S- city slicker, right. you s- city slicker with your you pictures and your photographs and your yeah, you and your lithograms. He done like horcruxed himself in order to do that too. <laughs> they not think about what it did to him, but it did. <laughs> it did indeed. It did it to him. Yeah, this guy. Uh, it's kind of like uh, it reminds me of some of the other political movements throughout history in which you kind of have to be a relatively well-off individual to lead these campaigns. Uh, like it, it's few and far between that you find leaders of these rebellions or large military conquests as being these, you know, these poor dopes that come from nothing. It just it doesn't seem to happen very often. Um, so kudos to him for, uh, you know, going in the other direction rather than being a slave owner and, and digging his heels into the sins of his forefathers. Yep. Yep. That, I mean, that's kind of what it takes for, for our society as well. Like if we ever want things to change for, let's say, uh, the, uh, Navajo nation that we were just discussing, uh, then you have to have these wealthy individuals, take pity on their plight and exactly move to a system like exactly exactly mm-hmm. and, and that there there's where you get into the distinction and different philosophy of how you get people in positions of power who are wealthy to have sympathy for the people that are struggling or suffering under an unjust system and so basically Martin Luther King, it's not just nonviolent protest, it's militant nonviolent protest in the sense that you put your own body in harm's way against an unjust force, whether you're marching in Birmingham or some other place where they do not want you to do so, where they're going to spray you with hoses, beat you with batons, sick dogs on you, and then hope that whatever press or journalism that exists actually exposes it in a way that even if you're like the most, you know, non-caring person, that when you see these photographs, you'll be moved and then have pity and sympathy for these individuals that don't look like you in order to make change. Where Malcolm X thought that these fuckers are sociopaths, they're never going to care. You have to use violence as a means to take what we deserve as human beings and individuals because uh, he did not think that uh, <laughs> white people were uh, capable of it. Well, but that, that's understandable why he would think that. Like, if you don't have the 
the understanding because you didn't have the experience. Yeah, exactly. Then how could you how could you legitimize your fervor? And militant, I mean, because you said it earlier, it's like militant does mean that you're violent, like you're combative in nature. Uh, so I, I don't know if that means that you have to be someone who literally tries to injure others as a result of the the the, uh, the call to action or the change that you're trying to implement. But I think more often than not, whenever you say militant, uh, especially in, in terms of protest or, or reform, it, it usually means that there's some blood involved. Yep. Whether um, the blood's yours, but you, you have you have. Or the other. I, th- I think you have a lot of good points, though. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult to say like what the best way to go about it is. Like we can examine history and and try to find uh, the best ways in which people have been able to support these disenfranchised groups, uh, and in essence, you brought them to the forefront well, of the public attention. But we have a new problem in this day and age because so many of us, you and I included, have podiums to be able to present our ideas to the mass public in this very easily consumed fashion. You know, whether it be through audio or whether it be through an Instagram post or whether it be through a Twitter comment or now TikTok is a thing. You know, all these different (laughs) social medias that are quick snippets to be able to produce uh you know and sometimes you know in 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 our case to to a certain degree elicit a certain amount of change right Mm -hmm. you know we want to see something good come from what we're doing and i think a lot of people do even though i mean like it's a funny podcast i mean like we're obviously you know we've got we've got our head up our ass more than we've you know, like we're not trying to be intellectual or anything. Like I don't. I, at yeah. least I'm not. I can't speak for you, but uh, I'm a pseudo intellectual. Yeah, I'm a pseudo exactly. <laughs> like I'm a I'm an intellectual to the degree that uh, you know I, I want to sound like a like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Reference us. Go go. Reference us on your 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 doctoral thesis. Experts. <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> But it's it's hard, you know, because we live in this brave new world in which people are bombarded with information from all sides. How do you know what is legitimate? How do you know that uh, you're listening to uh, a a John Brown or uh, or a Donald Trump? Not not necessarily. (laughs) Those two people are in the antithesis of one another, Uh, because that's that's something that's something of a pitfall in and of itself. Uh, th- this idea that things are the the equivalent opposites of one another, like the Republicans are the opposite of the Democrats. Oh like, yeah, it's so fucking often it's like no, they're basically the same party. Yeah, like you guys, like exactly. So many people should wake up to the idea these these folks aren't that much different from one another. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> incredible. Uh, we were talking about secular talk earlier, but there's a recent secular talk video where Obama himself recently spoke publicly and he literally lit the cat out of the bag and said that like Republicans and Democrats aren't that different. Uh, I'll have to send it to you later, but that was basically the like the consensus of, Oh, well, you know, uh, we, I can't do an Obama impression, but (laughs) it was good. You started off good. You just got to have confidence, man. I don't have any confidence, but, uh, you see, uh, (laughs) There's a lot of like, oh, a lot of like, uh, uh, 
our differences aren't as uh, far between as uh, uh, many people believe. <laughs> but yeah, that was basically yes. it. Is that there's many more like they agree on. I don't know. He might have even said a percentage of we agree on seventy percent of the issues, but like within the thirty percent of issues we don't agree on, there's a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we don't see eye to eye, and that's and that's it, man. Yeah, the number of times that I've been caught in a um, a debate with someone who doesn't see eye to eye with me politically, and there's some kind of closet instance of uh, like a small th- uh, something that is a relatively small issue, at least as far as the per capita amount of people that are dealing with that said thing. Like, I mean, even gun gun control is kind of like one of those things that I think is way blown up in the media. Like it's, it's fun to talk about. It's, it's dramatic. Uh, it is, uh, it has all these different facets that you can discuss. Is it really all that important to constantly discuss? Is it, is it really worth, uh, choosing a political candidate over, um, or, or like bodily sovereignty rights, you know, people are, like are constantly talking. It's like, well, I base all my political platform, political decisions on whoever's platform includes uh, freedom of choice and or life. Well, or yeah, whatever, you know, so whatever party. You want. That what that's basically it, though, is because there's so much of a huge overlap between Republicans <laughs> and Democrats. Effectively, what people are voting based on is like a handful. Of social issues mm-hmm. that there is a distinction between Republicans and Democrats. It's literally all you get to vote for. Because, yeah. and it, even within that, if you think about the Democrats and Republicans as two elitist parties that only serve the rich, it's probably at the end of the day just a divide in the elitist rich assholes that run this country and ha- what they believe. Some rich assholes want to get abortions. Some rich assholes think you should get a murder if you get an abortion because they're, I don't know, hyper-religious or whatever. And that's just like yeah. a distinction between like some hyper-wealthy people. That's all you really get to vote for. It's like, I'm one of the people that's like extra pro-gun or I'm one of the people that's like extra pro-choice when it comes to abortions. They, and that's They both have the reasoning. Get. They both have their reasoning and they both have their rhetoric. Like, and and to say that one is more valid over the other, I think, of course, could ultimately be hashed out if if both parties would pay mind to a a, a stringent logical discourse. But we can't expect hardly anyone to, especially the average citizen, to go by that metric. So instead. Uh, we have to look to all of the other things that are going on behind the scenes that are very similar amongst the parties. Those are the real issues, the things that people are, one, uh, not talking about, and two, not able to comprehend because they're they're so uh, deeply shrouded. Right, exactly. Well, it's by, not even by these other by these other topics. Exactly, it's almost like they're they're utilizing uh, you know something like the pro life discussion. In order to mask all this other shit that's going on, exactly pro, pro pro choice. Like I don't give a shit what you are, but like yeah. that that's not that's not the point. Like that's not the thing that you need to be focusing on right now. It's just something that elicits an emotional response that they can exactly people can utilize exactly to their benefit. That that's it. That's it, man. Mm. That's it. They 
It's that, yep, you got it. You hit the nail on the head. You got it. You win. Ding, 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 ding. You get, you, you won the lottery. Is, it, is that the silver lining? <laughs> That's it. I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was good. I think you said it well. Yeah. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. It's I, like, it doesn't, it, why doesn't it feel good? <laughs> uh, I don't know because, I don't know. It's just depressing. And, and the, uh, the mainstream news, whether it's Fox, MSNBC, CBS, whatever, like you pick your news source. They, they don't help with this either. They mm. do the same stuff. They they focus on these niche sub differences between the two parties, and they, there's no economic incentive for any of these networks to point out mm. uh, where where the they're the same and how they're fucking over ordinary people because you know mainstream news is also in the game of keeping mm-hmm. them propped up. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's more entertaining. It makes it more money. We're we're more, we're certainly more entertained by by info. Oh my god, that reminds me of something. Uh, so I was listening to uh, good old NPR today uh, because it's the only uh, that's the only radio station, or the only relatively news like radio station that I can get while I'm uh, you know doing doing my work out in the in the rural countryside. So. I was listening to NPR talk about COVID-19, nonetheless. Nice. And I thought that at some point they would talk about some other facet of the virus or that they would talk about what the outlook is or some other model that they've come up with or maybe in the very rare instance, and of course media doesn't want to do this, talk about something uplifting, something that is going to alleviate some of the concern. Wait, wait, wait. We we literally have a podcast that's just all about sad shit. But It's literally continue. the opposite. It's literally <laughs> the opposite. Well, I mean, because people, I think people gravitate to things that are interesting. Not that things that are interesting interesting are not informative or vice versa like i don't think that those two things necessarily have a correlation amongst one another but uh they uh, you know i guess they ran out of the spanish flu rhetoric so they're going over some of the other plagues and illnesses that have happened over the course of <laughs> they, start, they start talking about the aids epidemic yeah i'm like holy shit like i like I'm already depressed as fuck. Like why? <laughs> like I ah, oh, I know that other things have happened in human yeah. history that are terrible and I don't want to reduce the plight of any of those individuals whatsoever. But why the fuck are you bringing, yeah. bringing up the AIDS epidemic right now? Well, uh we ran out of uh quick tips on uh, COVID, but uh yeah. we're, we're willing like, to Oh, run- uh <laughs> COVID could be uh transmitted through the semen of um uh, of men uh you know what else is related to men aids, AIDS. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like what <laughs> and, and then they I, and then i really hope they ended like the segment with and that's the way the cookie crumbles <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's the way the jizz disperses yeah this stuff like hokey bullshit yeah it's gross yeah Oh man, that was that was a rant and a half, dude. Yeah. Uh, so it's like yeah. all of our stories are like so downplayed after this. Like I'm looking at like one. It's like one day after reopening, ice cream parlor closes to public. Like, uh, like, like ice cream. How am I supposed to talk about an ice cream pol- parlor after talking cream. about John Brown? Yeah, we're talking about John Brown. We're talking about uh, trying to we're trying to drop some truth bombs on our audience. Be like, hey, like. Don't pay money. Hey, how about this? Like, 
every time you get wrapped up in a conversation with one of these fuckers that naysays every bit of uh, logical rhetoric that you're trying to throw at them, at some point in the conversation, once they realize that they are uh, substantially cornered, they start to point at you to provide them with answers of how they ought to rewire their way of thinking so that it will make more sense. Uh, for example, um, okay, so uh, the economy sucks. Capitalism is bad. And then they automatically say, okay, well, how about you on the spot right now develop a way that's better? Go. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. It, I mean, why, why, why is our snap judgment automatically to try to develop this demagogue of a person out of the individual that is critiquing uh, a societal issue? Why, why can't we like I am so fucking jealous of the dimension of humanity that is a hive mind where in the instance that as soon as somebody points out a, a criticism or something that is alternative to the belief that they currently have, they're like, all right, well, I'm going to put aside my current beliefs and I'm going to work with you on this particular route to try to figure out how we could together produce some kind of net good from the point of view that you're currently operating from it's like no of course we can't have that yeah of course not i mean if you're pointing out a specific criticism i feel like you can just say hey jeff bezos having all this money is bad that's a lot of money for one person to have and then they could be like i don't know and they could just argue on the point as opposed to just like grand terms like capitalism or whatever because i feel like with that it's like uh (laughs) but you not only have to give (laughs) give these types of people an education like you have to lecture them as to what this terminology means yeah exactly the this the um the stigma uh, not not syntax uh oh my oh. god why am i forgetting this word right now the 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 the, the, the semantics argument yeah. like, you, you can't you can't mince words and then beyond that you have to explain this uh this social political environment as to how these perspectives are playing into uh this this political conversation yep. uh and all of this on top of the fact that i'm a fucking fallacious human being that is going to mess up every step of the way i'm not going to remember half of the things that i thought i knew and full of doubt and depression oh, yeah. and yep. like i don't know what i'm doing any more than you do why are you making this harder than this has to be mm-hmm. like can you just like can you just for a second just just think about it like can you just not cling to the rhetoric that you've heard your entire life and just assume that something is different maybe no knowledge hurts man changing your frame of thought hurts people don't like that it does hurt and people don't want to cannibalize their their good feelings for the sake of a uh, a progression towards something better than what we currently have and that's i think that's a true tragedy of humanity like people they, they don't want to give up their good feels in the moment for uh better feels overall for everyone in the future Gosh. Wait, ooh, ooh, but here, and you can you can use Bible quotes. Like I thought, I knew some quote of like knowledge is pain, and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't find it. I thought maybe it was like some Buddhist thing, but oh, it's but, nostalgia. But now I'm getting 
But now I'm getting. Uh, oh, is that what nostalgia means? Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Like means like uh, like knowing pain or something. Uh, oh, like that. okay. Well, that's probably what I was thinking of, but I forgot. So I said knowledge is pain. Quote, and, and I'm getting uh, verses from the Bible, Tim. And nothing mm. is more powerful <laughs> than arguing with right away conservatives than Bible quotes, Tim. This is powerful. <laughs> it's be so powerful. Okay. All right. So we got the new. King James Version. That's only the version of the Bible that's right. All the other ones are wrong. Here we go. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. That's deep. Oh, did did you say that that was Song of Solomon? This is uh, Ecclesiastes. I've never even ah, heard of this book of the Bible. E- e- Ecclesiastes. It's because you were raised Baptist, man. <laughs> Wait. No! <laughs> it wasn't. It was not. And I never will be. Oh, but this man. is actually, but like in a, in a, from a non-religious oh, point of view, goodness. just because it's, it's, it's proving my it's point true. right here, right now. I just like, I just like the way it's worded too. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow, and that's true, and that's the reason why I think people fight you so hard on. The issue of when you try to make them think a thing they think is true is not, and then provide them with something else that they get defensive, and they're like, "Well, then, if you're so smart, why don't you you do the thing that's good?" Yeah, yeah, because uh, apparently, knowing what is best means that you automatically ought to do best, and if you happen to be a hypocrite in the instance that you don't do best then it means that your reasoning to begin with was fallacious. Exactly. And that's not necessarily true. I know a good many uh, uh, nutritional doctors out there, for example, that happen to eat poorly or, you know, once in a while, like, you know, sp- splurge or cheat or whatever. And it's like they know it's bad. They do it anyway. Like, hey, I know that that's not, it's a, bad. that's not a direct analogy, but it, 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 I think it speaks to it to a certain extent. Uh, that reminds me of something that um, uh, the, the the great the great dictator monologue. Oh yeah, uh, to Charlie Chaplin. So good. Um, uh, let me see here if I can. Find you are it. machine men with machine minds, a machine that hearts. You are not machines. You are man. And you have the love of humanity in your heart. You do not yeah. hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved. And the unnatural. That's hey, everybody that's listening right now, I'm pretty sure you just did that off the top of your head. I did. Oh yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. That, that's, that's not awesome. That's not all of it. That's just Oh, thanks, man. That, that was good. Hey, man, you can you can rattle that shit off. That's awesome. Uh this is the line that I was looking for. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. Damn. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Oh man, oh, yeah, and man. it's um, it's like there's this idea of being uh, you know, cold and aloof. Like the more you know, kind of like the Doctor Manhattan problem, you know, like you you end up becoming this kind of uh, like you become detached uh, yep. because you recognize that there are relationships in the world that have no meaning. There is no inherent per. I, not to say that like the trajectory of all knowledge is nihilism. Um, but I think that there is a hint of nihilism in in every um, 
you know, in every intelligent person's thought pattern, because at a certain point you have to recognize that there is an end result that is something that is not filled, Mm -hmm. uh, to the brim with purpose. Mm -hmm. You, you, You can't necessarily say that, you know, this, this one that you carried to the end of the algorithm is, is, the magic number you know it's like oh man and that's why god exists you know like no i think it's there because that's just how it is like yeah something that happens just because it happens yeah it's like and and another thing that science you know science gives us an ability to be able to understand things but it doesn't give us the whys you know it it gives us the hows it gives us the hows all day yep but it it doesn't doesn't give you the why uh, so that that's for you know human spirituality or or you know whatever kind of uh, belief system or rationale that you'd like to incorporate into that and and, that, and that's really where the human element comes into it right like how how do we how do we develop this nuanced worldview that allows us to incorporate intelligence into um in, into a less cynical <laughs> which <laughs> hey name of the podcast hey you ring hey, the bell you oh, get a prize oh, blah, blah, blah. Hey, a, you want yeah. it to be a less cynical worldview right like, you, you you want it to make sense to the point like you, you want you want to understand everything but you don't want to understand it to such a great degree that you want to kill yourself all the time <laughs> whoa i got hard you need yeah. something off your chest man well if if you recognize everything is this this terrible chaotic conglomeration of awfulness that it very well could be you know you very well might need to incorporate some kind of of reason and purpose to it oh yeah that is not apparently there yeah i mean that so i i look at uh nihilism kind of as like a two uh a double-edged sword it so you can either go and look at the world and see that there's like no maybe not necessarily any intrinsic meaning and by intrinsic meaning i don't mean no meaning or purpose to be found but that there's not like a pre-written code or law written into the backside of every atom and molecule saying that this is the real right meaning of how you're supposed to live your life and be, right? And so in that way, I think you can look at nihilism and then some people see that, that there isn't, you know, the the law, like the laws of the universe or the, the meaning written on the back of every molecule and atom and find that super depressing and discouraging. But the flip side of it, the other side, is that you can put whatever meaning you want to onto it. There's not yes. anything binding you to say that it's any one particular way or thing it's it's, and so it can be empowering so nihilism doesn't necessarily have to be this Mm -hmm. uh whatever depressing thing there's this weird conscious perception of of those phenomena it doesn't have to be something that's just a cut and dry way that it is yeah uh going back to the the dr manhattan uh, you know the, the the cold aloofness that his godhood brought him yep. at the at the end of the movie when he's talking about the uh, the spontaneous generation of life or like yep. just the like the the minute possibility that someone like his love could exist. You know he he it's it's 
it seems like it's almost against his character in that moment mm-hmm. to uh, look past. Like it's it's almost like he has this like moment of clarity in this drunkenness that is knowledge. Yeah, and he's like, oh well, actually, I have the ability to be able to choose to see this in a way that is not entirely terrible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, good for you, man. Like, <laughs> <wait>. yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, and even just to go onto the definition of cynicism, cynicism isn't necessarily what we think of it in modern uses of the word, in that it has to be someone that's uh, always skeptical and critical of every little nook and cranny of everything. But, I mean, if you look at cynicism as a form of philosophy it was simply just trying to look at things for what they are without any other preconceived notions or putting any kind of value onto things but like seeing things for what they are which i feel like is a lot of what like i mean we do do a a a heavy dose of modern cynicism on this podcast and the way we view and observe certain things. But I think we also do a lot of classical cynicism from the philosophical sense of looking Mm -hmm. stories, thinking about them and, and like trying to piece it together of like, what's actually happening here? What does this actually mean? You know, how does this actually add up? Yeah. And when, and and so just to say that like cynicism, isn't necessarily like this in the same way nihilism isn't, necessarily intrinsically like an e or emoji like a negative sad thing right a frowny face in Mm -hmm. the same way cynicism isn't necessarily that either it's just seeing things for what they are and you know when you see things for what they are things that people have pre notions that are good you know maybe we'll say actually these things you think are good are actually bad but at the same time things that people may have pre notions and think are bad we might think they're good, you know, we're trying to, like, find the truth, whatever truth means in it, as opposed to, I don't know, whatever. I'm just talking out of my ass, and I'm going to stop. <laughs> you make a lot of good points, though, and I, I, I kind of find it, um, uh, I guess I'm a little bit let down by the fact that we're discussing the the tenets of cynicism in our 98th rather than our 100th episode. Which is coming up. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, it's fantastic you all have spent this amount of time with us. Uh, Sorry, Jimmy, aside to the audience. Uh, Thank you for making it this far. Like, we're we're definitely going to have, like, a special something coming up for the 100th episode. I don't know what that is yet. Jimmy, do you know what that is yet? Uh, Maybe a live episode. Uh, Maybe a live episode. Um, Maybe. And if y'all are interested in that, maybe you should... uh, you should let us know. Uh, but that, of course, requires that all of you communicate with us and let us know what we can do to cater to you guys. We want this to be a community, and we'd like you to get in contact with us at all of these different places. Hey, Jimmy, where's all the places? All right. If you all are interested in getting in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at syndicatepowerman at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also tweet at us on the Twitter. Twitter. At the Twitter. At the Twitter. At 
Cynic Empower Me One, or you can like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment. And if you're listening to us through any of the listening apps, Stitcher, Google Play Store, iTunes, uh, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us, and it helps other people find us. Yeah. Hell yeah.